And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air. The podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Michael Graham with Inside Sources. And don't forget, sign up for our twice a week newsletter. Just go to DelawareValleyJournal.com and you'll get a newsletter. And in that newsletter, you will see uh, links to podcasts with great conversations like this one with former Republican congressman and current Republican candidate for governor, Lou Barletta. Congressman Lou, welcome. Uh, good to talk to you. Thank you. Now, before I hand you over to the competent journalist in this conversation, Linda Stein, our news editor at Delaware Valley Journal, I have to tell you that I spent my misspent youth in talk radio in uh, uh, mostly in D.C. and Boston. And I talked about you as a topic when you were mayor of Hazleton, Pennsylvania. I'm like, that's that's how I know you is from your time as mayor. And I'm wondering if that Lou Barletta, who was uh, became a national you know, lightning rod talking about the issue of immigration at a time when a lot of people particularly a lot of people on the right just did not want to talk about it if he could talk to the lou barlett of today what 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 would he think of the guy who's out there running for congress today well he 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 would think that you were someone he was someone who never backed down throughout his whole political career that he stayed true to uh to who he was in the very beginning and that was always do what you think is right in your heart uh, even if it's not politically popular um, you know, as I did, you know, when I was mayor of Hazleton and was the first mayor in the country to stand up against illegal immigration because it was affecting our city. Um, you know, when I was in Congress, Michael, I, I was tired of politicians and I thought maybe it'd be a good idea to put an executive in the executive office. And I was one of the first to endorse Donald Trump at the time uh, in Congress when, when nobody else would either. So you know, he hasn't he hasn't changed much. He's still that same person that stands up for what he believes and, and doesn't back down. Uh, so on the one hand, I want to say, well, wow, it's been 20 years since yep. Hazleton. Well, yep. you know, at least we don't have illegal immigration to talk about. And on the other hand, I have to point out that we had uh, a 20 plus year record of uh, encounters at the border. And I, I find the issue of illegal immigration interesting because. On the one hand, you could argue that for day-to-day life, you know, what difference does it make to a, you know, a mom in, you know, Delaware County if there's a border issue? You know, why does the average person care? On the other hand, polling shows people, particularly Republican voters, care about it. And my theory, uh, Congressman Liu, is that it's because it's an issue of fairness. Just like you get uh, irrationally angry when someone cuts in the line in front of you, it's how we are kind of hardwired as humans we just don't like it when people cheat when they break the rules and when they want to get a benefit for breaking the rules yeah and and you know on top of that you know you have all you know how many millions of immigrants who are waiting have waited have gone through the process you know have paid the price you know to bring their families here legally and you know they're watching people just cross the border and getting the same benefits you know for what for what they have done to try to come here and be a legal citizen, which is unfair. It's a case of unfairness, but everybody should care, Michael, because just for example, today, um, there's a big story here up in the Northeastern PA of, of a, uh, a plane uh, that has come from El Paso, Texas, that they believe has, they believe has brought in people from the border uh, and, you know, at night and left them off here in northeastern Pennsylvania. And after we've just gone through a year of lockdowns and businesses shut down and, you know, people have lost their jobs. And on top of that, how many people have been forced to take a vaccine that they may not have wanted and children who have been forced to have a mask on 
uh, you know, on for a full day. And we have the president Biden yesterday just saying that for the unvaxxed, it could be a winter of death. And then you, you have people coming from the border being dumped into the state. We have no idea what their medical background is. We have no idea if they've been vaccinated. We have no idea who they are and where they're going. So people in Delaware County should be just as concerned, you know, as those that are down at the border as in how this is being handled. So I, I saw an article, Lou, that said, uh, if you're governor, you will bust those illegals to uh, Joe Biden's territory in Delaware. Is that right? Well, that was, uh, yes, it was an interview I did where uh, we were talking about Governor DeSantis and, and he, you know, he had said he was going to bust those that were being dropped into their state uh, from the border to Delaware. And I just reminded him that we're a lot closer to Delaware than Florida. <laughs> it will cost us a lot less money to ship people from Philadelphia to Wilmington than it will for DeSantis to flip them from uh, shipped them from uh, Fort Lauderdale. To, I, I don't know how much Delaware. room the president has in his basement. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's room enough for all those people. You may have to talk to him about that. Well, I think the people of Delaware would be upset, just as the people, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania should be upset. You know that that people are, you know, we're 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 told to do everything we can, you know, to make sure we we're not spreading this this disease, this, you know, the COVID. And here, how irresponsible that is that that a governor and, and an attorney general and a president would just ship people in the middle of the night into your state without you knowing about it. You know, that ends when I'm governor, you know, we're going to stand up and protect the people here in Pennsylvania and make sure, especially during this pandemic. That's the last thing we want to do is bring people in who, who may not have been vaxxed and you have no idea that they're even here. Well, you may have a problem uh, with Philadelphia since it's a sanctuary city. Well, you know, that's another thing that, that, that I'm going to stand up to, you know, sanctuary cities. I was a mayor who, who was sued uh, because I wanted to enforce our laws, our federal laws. And now you have mayors like Mayor Kinney, who's literally thumbing his nose, did a dance, as a matter of fact, uh, that he was so happy that Philadelphia had become a sanctuary city. You know, and today, Philadelphia set another record for murders. And, and, and what happens when when you're willing to protect people who you don't know their background are you attract more people to that area if you were in the country illegally and you had a criminal background where would you go i mean of course you would go to a city that's going to protect you and that doesn't make the people of philadelphia safer that doesn't make the people in southeastern pennsylvania any safer and this is why we have wild crime going on in, in our major cities that are run by Democrats who won't stand with the men and women who, who want to protect us and keep us safe. And the same goes with the drugs that are coming into this country through that southern border, open borders. You know, we know fentanyl is coming in through that southern border. Everyone should be concerned, everyone in Delaware County and every other county in Pennsylvania, because that's not keeping us safe. And, and that's what I have had a history of doing in public office is standing up for the people, the legal people who are here, especially people in Pennsylvania. There's a, there's a lot of issues, Lou, about jobs in Pennsylvania. People are evidently uh, staying at home and not applying for jobs. And um, other people are working from home and not going out to their offices, so they support the surrounding small businesses. What would you do to help the economy? 
I would open up our economy, you know, the, the fact we are a state, uh, you know, that was blessed, the Commonwealth that was blessed with all this energy under our feet. I mean, it's, it, it, we, could be an, we could be an entire country. That's how much energy we have that we could be exporting, but also using it to bring manufacturing here, building pipelines, which will put people to work. Having all this gas under our feet and not building a pipeline is like being in college and having a keg of beer without a tap. <laughs> you know what, what what good is it you know it's well, not I, any good I, that never stopped me Lou. i got to that never stopped me we found a way in it didn't matter and, <laughs> and, may, and, and may have and, taken vice grips and a hammer but we would have made it work and dep i mean we're Pennsylvania is not business friendly. We have the highest taxes uh, in the country, second highest taxes in, business taxes in the country. Our, our, our regulatory agencies are used as weapons to, to punish businesses. Right now, DEP stands for don't expect permits. That's going to change. You know, <laughs> what about, we're, we're what about have, Reggie? What about uh, moving into the one, regional greenhouse gas they, initiative? Day one, I'm repealing Reggie. Uh, it's ludicrous that we would be a state with all this opportunity here and we would put ourselves in a consortium of other states that could care less because they don't have it. They don't have the energy here that we have. Our country needs this energy. Look at, look at, look at the price of gas. Look at what, you know, what's happening that we're begging OPEC right now. And here we are, Pennsylvania can be a leader and we will be a leader. And that's going to mean a lot more jobs and a lot more opportunities. So um, the political argument about the Republicans and the governorship in 2022 is, first of all, it's going to be a good year to be a Republican based on the polls. Uh, you know, things can always change. But right now, if you look at it, it looks comparable to 2010, perhaps even better for the Republicans. And the Republicans won a lot of races that they weren't expected to win that year. The flip side is there are people who are concerned the kind of Republican that a purple state like Pennsylvania needs is not Lou Barletta. We need somebody who's not as as close identified with Trump. We need someone who's Trump adjacent rather than on you know the Trump bandwagon. We need someone who's less bombastic, someone that uh, suburbanites, quite frankly, in Chester, Delaware, Montgomery County would be comfortable voting for. What's your answer when you hear that criticism? Yeah, sure, because it, it's the policies that, that, that I'm going to stand up for that will matter the most to people in, in, in the, the suburbs of, of Philadelphia, you know, giving children an opportunity to get the best education that they can, they can get, you know, no child should be stuck in a, in, in a failing school. We're not going to teach critical race theory to our children uh, here, here in, in Pennsylvania. We're not going to teach our children to hate each other. We're going to teach them to love this country. And that's, they're the things that I'm going to stand at making sure that, that their children are in safe neighborhoods, safe schools, uh, protecting them. That's what should really matter uh, to, to those in, in southeastern PA. And, you know, to, to become governor of Pennsylvania, uh, you need Democrats to vote for you because there are more Democrats than there are Republicans. And there are, you know, 600,000 more Democrats than Republicans. I have a history of of doing that where Democrats have voted for me. You know, the city that I was mayor of was two to one Democrat. Uh, I won with 90% of the vote. Uh, the congressman I beat, a 26-year Democrat incumbent in a two-to-one Democrat district, I beat him by 10 points. Uh, when I ran against Bob Casey, uh, I won 54 counties, even though it was the first time I've ever run statewide, and I was outspent by $14 million. I beat Bob Casey in eight of the 10 counties in northeastern Pennsylvania, where the Casey name is more like a Kennedy. Uh, so, so Democrats have been very comfortable 
with the way you know with the way I govern. I have experience in governing. I was a business owner. Uh, all that matters to me. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. I want to make sure that we we improve our communities and 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 make sure our children have every opportunity. That's what they should want is somebody who will fight, who, who's not afraid to, to make sure that the values that they have, that I'll stand up for. Well, Lou, we've got something like 14 people now running for governor on the Republican side. What makes you say that you're the best one to uh, go uh, mano a mano against Josh Shapiro? Well, we need somebody that, that can beat Josh Shapiro. It doesn't matter if you win the primary, if you cannot win the general election. And, uh, you know, the, the, just as I had stated, you, you need to be able to get Democrats uh, to vote for you to, you know, to be able to overcome the, the registration difference. I have that uh, ability because I've already done that. The fact that I've already run statewide is a big deal in Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania is so big. Uh, it will cost everyone else at least five, seven to seven million dollars to raise their name ID to where mine already is because of my uh, 2018 Senate race. So, you know, the fact that I have the experience, I was named Pennsylvania Mayor of the Year by my peers across Pennsylvania, something I'm very, very proud of. Uh, I was picked by the White House to re represent the entire United States on a United Nations advisory board. Every country gets one mayor to represent them. I was selected because of my work with public-private partnerships in revitalizing Hazleton uh, to represent our country. Uh, so I have the experience um, and I have the statewide, again, experience of running. And that's what it's going to take to, to beat a, a Josh Shapiro. So one of your uh, opponents who's from the uh, uh, Delaware Valley, uh, David White, says it's time for someone who hasn't been in government that and I think the quote he had was if they were going to fix it, they would have fixed it by now, specifically referring to you and a couple of your colleagues. What's your response to that? Well, Dave White's a good guy. I, I like him. Um, you know, the fact is that, uh, you know, I was a businessman as well, built a business from scratch with my wife uh, to be one of the sixth largest of its kind uh, in, in the country. So I have that experience. I've signed the front of checks. I didn't like the politics in Hazleton and I stood up uh, and, and tried to do something about it. And it was during that time that we had the problem of illegal immigration all the way back in 2006 when nobody in the country uh, thought it was, uh, uh, elected official thought it was a problem to do something about. And, and look at almost 20 years later, what's happened to the country. Uh, I was ahead of our time back there in, in standing up and recognizing what what the problems were. So I've been successful in, in the private sector. I've been successful as mayor. Uh, I was named legislator um, of the year in Congress for saving the after school program, something I think is very, very important. Uh, you know, children uh, that 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 needed the help uh, so that they could have a better a better life. I literally saved. Uh, that program. So I have a history of, of things I'm very, very proud of. Uh, saved $4.4 billion as a chairman on a, on a subcommittee, um, just moving federal agencies into smaller spaces. Uh, so I can go on and on about things I've actually accomplished. And, and I don't think there's anybody that's running that has that experience in both the private sector and in public office.
I have one more question for you, and it's because of the time that we're recording this. It's you know, Christmas is coming up this weekend. Tell me about growing up in Pennsylvania, what your Christmases were like. What was it that made Christmas special for you? What would If we had visited the Lou Barletta household, what would we have found on Christmas? Uh, my mom and dad were the best, God rest their souls. Uh, you know, both were Italian. So, you know, it was an Italian Christmas. You know, we have Did you do the Night fishes. of the Fishes? Did you do the we Fishes? We did. My mother, uh, my, yes. mother, my mother did that and it was, uh, it was wonderful. And I could tell you, we still do it now. I've, I've passed that tradition on to, uh, to my four daughters and, and 10 grandchildren. And, you know, Christmas was all about family, about Jesus, about mass. Um, you know, it was just such a special time. My mother decorated our house to, to the hilt. I mean, every, every place she could put a decoration, my mother did. And they had Christmas music on and, you know, my mother making meatballs and, and, um, you know, it was just, a, it was all about family and, and, and really, um, and, and Jesus, the birth of Christ. I mean, we, we, mass was a big part of, of our, of our Christmas time. And we have, um, we have passed that on to our children and uh, God willing, they'll pass that on to, to their children. So, um, you know, it's a very, very special time for us in the, in the Lou Barletta house. Well, I grew up in uh, rural South Carolina, so we did redneck Christmas. Um, but when I moved to the Northeast and discovered Italian Christmas, I went, wow, this is a whole new way oh, yeah. to do it. it there is, was, there uh, was lots of food, lots of cookies, uh, biscuits, and now uh, the things all the all the, the smells of the house of mm. all the things that were done and we were always reminded here in northeastern pennsylvania that there's lots of coal for santa claus to put in your stockings <laughs> well <laughs> we, don't worry we joe biden good. joe biden's gonna make that all illegal so that's, that won't that's be a problem. Odd, right i don't won't know be what, anymore am i, I just put in any, bad kids stockings any christmas that you can work squid or octopus into oh, your tradition yeah. that yeah. is a great christmas man we never yeah. you know, we, we, we were i was more in the uh squirrel and raccoon end of the uh of the food chain down in south carolina but this that's absolutely great oh, yeah. uh, lou barletta thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast we really appreciate your time thanks lou merry christmas thanks. thank you lou. merry christmas thanks so much for listening to this edition of the delaware valley journal on the air if you enjoyed the podcast please share it with your friends post it on social media and if you haven't Sign up for our twice a week newsletter so you don't miss any of the terrific content from DelawareValleyJournal.com. Thanks again. I'm your host, Michael Graham.